This podcast contains some strong language and words listeners may find upsetting. For those of you still on for the right, my name is Ami and I'm a British Indian. Being brown and growing up in the UK has brought its challenges. Like how has tea and curry become part of the British part of my identity? And I'm not the only one with this complicated relationship. In this podcast, I chat to friends from different ethnic backgrounds from around the UK. Each week, we'll talk about topics important to them, anything from hair to stereotypes to school life, and every week we'll touch on pop culture and representation. We'll talk about what it's like being British and, well, not white. So get ready, let's talk about race. Hiya, Abby. Thank you so much for um, coming on to Let's Talk About Race. Um, before we dive into your topic today, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you, your background, um, where you're from and your heritage as well? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm Abby. Um, I'm Sikh, 26 years old, and I'm currently living in London. Um, I'm working as an immigration paralegal at the moment. So um, yeah, I really love all things that are about the movement of people, race. Um, I love being in immigration because I just find it fascinating, um, especially with it going on. Um, and it just kind of, yeah, really resonates with things that I enjoy learning about and speaking about um, as well. So yeah, um, I went to Manchester Uni and studied English Lit there. And I think that's where I have sort of found, um, yeah, I came, I had a lot of experiences there that I probably wouldn't have had in London. Um, met a lot of different people and it really opened my eyes up to, I don't really want to say the ignorance, but I guess it is the ignorance of you know, people not knowing things, not understanding different cultures. Um, but yeah, I found it really interesting um, and I'm glad I went. I enjoy like writing when I can. Um, and I wrote last year about how I think that we should have um, colonialism included in the curriculum. I know that's something that's come about now, um, but for me, I just think there'd be so much less ignorance. There'd be less just racism, less of this Royal Britannia and, oh, you know, Brexit, we fought in the war and things like that. Mm. I just think it's, it's so important. And just knowing basic things, the fact that a lot of Asians and black people were invited over here. Um, so that's why we're here and that's why we're in this country and doing relatively well because there were labour shortages, they introduced a Commonwealth Citizens Act and that's why it happens. So yeah, no, things like that I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about and I just think that learning about those things then that happened is, you know, will give people so much more of an understand, like a better understanding and they'd have more awareness um, of just, yeah, this country and the cultures in it. Um, but today you've chosen obviously to talk about uh, cultural appropriation. Um, as I do with all my guests, I'm just kind of just let you spiel. Um, and so yeah, so just I want to mm-hmm. your take and your experiences of cultural appropriation. Yeah, so uh, recently on Shine, they had um, Indian outfits that they were selling and Indian jewellery. Um, and I just found it really fascinating that literally less than a month ago, they thought that it was acceptable to do that kind of thing. Um, because I've got people in my family who wear those exact outfits. I wear them all the time. Um, and I feel like people really pick and choose when they want to... Um, be aware of cultural appropriation and that's what I didn't understand um like at uni I found it awful going to festivals and just seeing a load of girls in bindis um and I remember being in the toilets of just I can't remember where it was probably park life or something and all these girls came in and they had like their Indian headwear you know like the, the just different jewelry sort of around their heads the bindis on and stuff and 
I guess I've been drinking a bit, I kind of just roll my eyes and sort of said to my friend, oh god, look at these girls. And they try to sort of counter-argue it and say, but oh, but it's cute, but it's fun. And I don't want to get into the sort of argument then about it, but it just really irritated me. And I just kind of thought, you know, people were bullied for looking a certain way and you don't really understand the cultural significance of it even the religion's importance of wearing one um and i just found that people didn't want to know even when you try to explain to them um why it wasn't a good thing um like i came across people um on my course even who didn't really understand why it wouldn't be okay to wear that kind of thing and you sort of end up sounding like a like a record player sort of saying the same thing but people aren't understanding um and i remember at uni they banned um i can't remember what the theme exactly was but basically people i think it was a neverland theme that's what it was and people were going to become dressed as like native americans and they said you can't do this you could they had a list of things you couldn't do however the year before they had a disco theme and everyone was wearing afros and they even considered like a bollywood theme and i just think you can't pick and choose when you want to do these things and i feel like indian culture really does get appropriated in so many ways like for example kim kardashian wears indian jewelry all the time and then i've heard her say on the kardashians how she hates eating curry I just find it astonishing that these things are still going on and people think it's okay to wear these things and sell it so yeah no I, I, I find it crazy I completely agree with you cultural appropriation is it feels like it's one of the biggest things that a lot of people in our generation are going to face mm-hmm. because you can easily say oh I, I would never do any violent act against anybody I would never go out and racially, racially abuse people but so mm-hmm. many people uh, so many people I've had friends who have also culturally appropriated a lot of Indian culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, So I completely agree. I think it's going to be one of the, one of the hardest things that Pete, that a lot of, a lot of people have to do a lot of introspection for. Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's even with foods though. Um, it really makes me laugh now how everyone's really into having like the turmeric lattes and they're like oh you know chilies and onions and ginger and garlic are so good for your digestive system and blah 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 but no one really actually sort of talks about how that's basically having Indian foods and how healthy that can be like that just completely gets dismissed and I just find that amazing because my I have friends who will say that to me I'm like well yeah that vegan chickpea whatever you know that's a lot of Indian food is vegan we put turmeric in everything we have all these foods and I just yeah I find it really strange how no one talks about it because I think that's important and I think that you should taking that away from a culture and trying to make it new and fun and interesting it works because it definitely has people have bought into it whilst there's a lot of health benefits with these things and people should be doing it I think yeah so I think it's great but at the same time I just think it's so important to acknowledge that how how would you advise we get the balance between getting uh, you know enjoying the culture and being like okay we are because obviously you know we're going to mix some of the culture anyway mm, us, yeah people like us are coming over here um how do you achieve the balance between cultural appropriation um and celebrating and i guess in a way into yeah that's really interesting i think the most important thing is just to acknowledge it and to be aware and to do your research um into these things so if you see something that's kind of looks more cultural for example i don't even know how else to describe it or you're wanting to do something um because i've had friends who've gone to like bollywood parties and stuff like that and i think that's absolutely fine because that's the theme you're going for you know you've been told to dress a certain way i think it's great but you just need to respect it and know that it's not your take on something it is um a cultural thing um and it's hard because sometimes you can overstep boundaries and stuff as well so it is hard to sort of know where that line is sometimes but for me i just think that you need to be just 
be open-minded and yeah, do your research as, as much as you can. I think yeah. one thing um, that I notice a lot with just white people in general, I think is that they just don't, they don't feel the history like people of color do because they no. don't need to, they don't have the, this passing down the generation of oppression. Um, so just, yeah, it's just going everywhere. So they obviously have to go out their way to educate themselves basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it's like we've had got grandparents who've lived through certain things. I mean, my grandparents lived through the partition and so some awful things mm. happening. You know, people killing each other, people fighting, having to leave their homes. Um, like my granddad had to leave Karachi and go all the way to India. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think it is hard to sort of empathise um, if, you know, your skin tone sort of it has never put you in a position where y- you've faced that oppression as a race um and I think that like you said it's just so important to educate yourself at least mm-hmm. I mean that's the least you can do even if you can't always understand it you know just read about it and know the history you know know why some people might have quote-unquote a chip on their shoulder or want to talk about these things I mean I know I was being really annoying in my group chats you know this past month just sending through links to talks and books to read and you know you get people who don't reply and I don't I know that they're I know they're not all lives matters people like they completely agree with everything but that is not enough to just agree with it you know you need to go one step further you need to try and read things and if your friends are telling you these things um then you should engage with it um because me and two of my other friends um they're both uh black we felt that if we ever brought things up with race in one of our group chats it was sort of pushed aside and not explored further um and we had to talk about them that with them and we had to say you know when we put things out there when we talk about things and talk about experiences then you know engage with it um i wrote that article last year about the curriculum and some of them didn't even read it but now you know I'm seeing everyone share things about oh yeah we should have been doing this and I feel so ashamed and it's like okay yeah that's fine but when your black and Asian friends are writing things and talking about things then that's what you need to do Um, and I think it really struck a chord with some people and I'm so glad I did but I have an amazing group of friends so this is by no means like criticizing them Mm. at all it's just something that I noticed and something that I've been wanting to bring up for a while. If I could ask you now if I if I was a white person and wanted to like kind of call out some cultural appropriations, what are some things that you've seen? Obviously, I know we've talked about the part white girls, but what are some other um, things that you have seen just in general in, in Western culture or in English culture that is, is like a sign where you could be like, that's cultural appropriation? I think braids and stuff, mm-hmm. um, wearing braids in a certain way and then not acknowledging it. And saying, oh, but black girls straighten their hair too, I think is just completely missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I don't understand that. I just think that, you know, you need to respect culture and know where it comes from. And it doesn't help that celebrities do that either. And don't talk about it and just think that they can get away with doing these things. Um, and like I said before, for me, it's also foods and stuff like that. I just find it crazy. Like I just think if you're going to take something, then, you know, acknowledge it. Say it's from this, it's from that, not, oh, so we've got this um, whatever style jerk chicken or something inspired curry. Like that's not, <laughs> like I don't understand you're literally just taking something and changing the words a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's things like that. I think with Asian culture, though, you, it's just a lot of the clothes and the jewelry that ends up getting sort of taken away. I even saw prayer mats. Oh really? Which I just thought was 
awful. Like I just don't, but they were sort of seen as something fashionable. Mm. They were being sold as primates. And that I just thought was absolutely insane. Like it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> because you're sort of just taking something that's got religious significance. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like dwindled down to like a, you know, a, a fancy carpet rug. And actually calling it a prayer mat as well. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking, speaking of mats though, um, what's your take on yoga? How do you feel about yoga? Mm, so I like doing yoga. I think it's great. Um, but I do find it crazy how it's become such a Western phenomenon. Um, and again, it's not spoken about, that the origins aren't talked about. Mm-hmm. There's people out here who are white and English changing their names and selling certain products like ashwagandha, sort of, um, there are these tablets that you can take that sort of are really calming and soothing for you and stuff. Um, that, like alongside doing yoga, that they don't talk about where it's from mm-hmm. and what it's about. And I think it's fine if you're going to do these things, but you can't then just pretend it's your own um, and be all at one and talk about, you know, peace and being at one with yourself and karma and things like that when it's got major religious significance. Yeah. Um, and all these yogis who are in India just don't get any of that. No one talks about them. Um, if you're going to be a yoga teacher and if you're going to practice and if you're going to change your name and have a website and do all those things, then you need to talk about it. You need to explain the significance of things. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of think it's crazy how most people don't. I mean, I follow people on YouTube and I've done yoga before and no one's ever mentioned anything like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I just, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of how commercialized it's come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's my take on it. Anyway. Yeah. No, I was I was always intrigued because I am the same. I love doing yoga. I'm really mm. into it. It's definitely something to help that I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of health issues can can be helped with with yoga. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I just wanted to know you're taking it because it's one of those things where it's just become so synonymous with. I think it's just become so synonymous with like this middle class white girl. Um, yeah, like you know when you think yoga, you don't. You don't think of India, you think of like no. you know, I, the first place I think of is like LA, like white, like white girls with their yeah. yoga mats and their lattes. Like mm-hmm. That's what I think of. Yeah. Um, and you're right, it's crazy. Like that's how it's become. It's not, it's not that you obviously you don't want to share the teachings of it, so that the teachers have become taken over and completely, mm. um, dare I say, colonialized by, by yeah, yeah, white yeah, Western yeah, absolutely. culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'm seeing all these posts now that say you need to decolonize your mind. And I think that's what people need to try and do mm-hmm. is if they see something that sort of looks a bit suspect or they kind of know that it's not originally a Western thing, that's what you need to do is sort of just explore it a bit. But then, like you said, it's become, it's become such a Western thing. Um, when I think of yoga classes, I do just think of white women. Yeah when really we should be thinking about those yogis in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it definitely is insane. Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. that cultural appropriation may have had a 
impact or an influence on um, how a lot of uh, Western and white people see brown people. Um, and yeah, because brown people, you, you sort of, it's like that model minority thing, isn't it? It's like they're sort of seen as, no matter really what your religion, if you're, this, the, yeah, they're seen as like just the good ones because they work hard. Um, and they have businesses and they do well, um, but no one really knows that there's religious differences. Um, you know, Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims are completely different. We have our own sort of like subcultures within that too. Like you've got Punjabis, you've got Bangladeshis, you've got, you know, all these things and no one really understands that. And yeah, it's like you said, it's just people think of Indians, they're just like, oh yeah, I love going for a curry. I love whatever. Um, they have corner shops and things like that. Um, and yeah, this kind of way Indian food and just culture generally is portrayed. It's very much one thing and one dimensional. And that's what I don't like. It doesn't help that you don't get like TV programs or popular culture or like many Asian faces on TV to sort of explain these differences either. Mm -hmm. um, so that is really frustrating um, as well, definitely. Yeah. Um so I would like to end just this little bit of the segment by asking um, what do you think, we've kind of talked about on a personal level, but what do you think on a personal and uh, a, a macro level, the, the bigger picture level, can help with, with eradicating, I hate that word, but like basically getting rid of cultural appropriation? I think the people who are influencing and creating products that are culturally appropriated that's where it needs to stop that's where maybe there needs to be campaigns um there needs to just be more awareness brought about from these things like I remember Kim Kardashian released these she called it kimonos but it was like these this skim um like outfit type things and yeah she called it a kimono and she got in loads of trouble for that and then she sort of had to back off and say right I'll change the name and so she did the right thing in that sense but it should never have got to that in the first place mm -hmm. it should never have been a thing so I think it'd be really hard to completely stop it because people without even realizing are going to do it regardless people are going to say things people are going to do things and it's really frustrating but it will always kind of be there but I think now it's important for people just to speak up about it and make people aware um, and talk about it. Um, and I think it's really important that you know, Asian people in particular do that. So if you have a problem with something, you know, like you're doing this podcast now and it's amazing, like to talk about it and to just try and raise as much awareness as possible. It's like with Black Lives Matter recently, it's amazing how many people are ordering books and watching TV programs and listening to talks um that they would never have done before because the movement has gotten so big um i think that's kind of what you need to do with these things mm -hmm. is kind of make it a very like in your face type thing i know that sounds a bit sort of confrontational but i'm not sure how else you would sort of be able to um create like a not a hysteria but just like a movement around it um i think that would be the best way to try and go about it um, but it's, it is definitely a difficult one. Um, but I think as people become more uh, woke <laughs> and more into these different kind of uh, conversations, then 
yeah, I, th- I think we can definitely make a difference. I think things will be different in like 10 years, hopefully, um, five years even. But it's just about creating that kind of narrative for people to follow um, and that movement in the first place. So moving on now to culture talk time. This is where I get my guests to talk about a piece of pop culture that has inspired or resonated with them. Um, So there's one book by Shashi Theroux. He's um, an Indian politician and author and he wrote a book called Inglorious Empire. And it was honestly one of the best and most frustrating books I've read because it really dives into the colonialism in India and all the things that, the real things that they did the horrible effects it had. Also the good sides too, but the bad outweighed it so much more. And it's just incredibly interesting. It just gives you an amazing insight into why the empire existed, how they, I mean, I think this is the exact figure, but between in the years they were there from the 1700s to the 1900s, they took away like 65 trillion pounds circa. That's how much they took every, and no, no one knows these things and no one knows what happened with the partition and everyone just kind of thinks oh but the bit railways oh they gave them the english language and they did this and you know india would have come into its own and had its own industrial revolution um it would have been absolutely fine they just the british turned up at a time where there was a bit of turmoil but there's always been that here in this country too i mean growing up all we learned about about was how kings and queens like hated each other and then they killed each other and then it was this religion then it was that religion and you know there was a similar thing happening there but they were doing well and I think they had like 25% of the world's GDP and that was reduced to about 5% by the time the British left. And it's just absolutely insane. So it's different to what's being talked about now. Um, I've read a lot of those kind of books and I absolutely love them. But I think if you're wanting something a little bit different, then that's really good. It's Inglorious Empire by Shashi Theroux. And it's just an incredible, amazing insight. And I, I really recommend it. And it was by no means, I guess it would be a bit biased because this person was Indian. But then he did recognise the good things that the British did there as well. But also wanted to sort of counter argue, like I said, what people say about how yeah you know India had the railways and I hate that line so much like the British gave them railways okay yeah we would have got them anyway because there was a global industrial revolution happening they even like decriminalized homosexuality and things like that and brought laws in against it when that didn't exist in India I think decriminalizing is the right word anyway (laughs) um but yeah no it's just yeah no it's, it's it's crazy when you read it and it talks about things like tea and cricket and the English language and you know all those things that are typically um affiliated with being Indian so you kind of read it and you think yeah yeah okay that's the British sport that over there and I think Indians are like the biggest tea drinkers and love cricket so you know that was a good thing that they did I guess but no it's um really really interesting um and I know everyone's been reading this book at the moment and it's a different topic but Girl Woman Other I think is just like the best book I've read all year um I read it earlier on and um I just thought it was amazing because that tackles like absolutely everything I can't even describe it it's just um you know racism intersectional feminism um cultural appropriation things like that and i just think it's a fascinating book so if you're into fiction and you want to read more into those things and yeah that would I, i'd recommend reading that too like i think what they really need to do is have like children's books you have all these things like about horrible histories but there's no kids books for people like for them to read you know we grow up like reading about 
the Romans and the Greeks and all this mythology. So I think it's important to learn about the moguls and not just Gandhi and what he did in like a Black History Month book, but everything, all the people that were involved in what it was like to be under like British Empire. Very true, because it is one thing to to hear about it. Um, and it's another thing, especially because obviously we hear about it from the colonizers perspective, but to hear it colonized, um, it's a very different, very different take, obviously. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. I mean, hopefully things change and it's not just something that, because things have definitely died down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just hoping it, the momentum carries on and things are introduced into the curriculum and people are made aware of like, their cultural appropriation and how they kind of need to take a step back and look at how at the origin the origins of things and um how they sort of feed into that narrative that ends up being like quite westernized and whitewashed um it's a difficult thing to do but i mean i think it can get there <laughs> so you want to talk about race is another really good one um so that's specific to being uh, a black mixed race person and i found that a really interesting read it was fairly easy to read as well i know like, some of these books are quite heavy um and you need to sort of read a lot into it but that was really good examples of like microaggressions in the workplace of just saying things to people and asking them if they can touch their hair and sort of saying certain things and certain words i think that's one thing that people end up doing um like saying trying to speak a certain way which ends up being quite stereotypical yeah um i don't know if i'm explaining it that well but you know just sort of like saying certain things yeah saying you know you would understand this or you would get that um i guess some music as well i've sort of noticed there's more asian music and stuff um which is fine again but it's uh it's also kind of like okay (laughs) where is this come from and who actually wrote it kind of thing um so i think yeah there needs to be a little bit more Um, just acknowledgement sorry with the asian music do you have any examples at all that song lean on i'm trying to think of like older ones oh Oh yeah, I know, I know the song you mean. That yeah. one, and even in the video, it's very like Asian-y and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it's just because it's cool and it looks different. It's like, oh yeah, look at me, I'm being edgy, and you know, they, I think people genuinely think they're just being like really accepting of cultures. Mm-hmm without really knowing anything about it and I think that's the thing if you're going to embrace it then embrace everything about it yeah like know where it's coming from I think it's the hardest thing to be on the other side of to fight against because you're almost you're not really fighting with an aggressive enemy you're fighting with somebody trying who's who's thinking they're coming from a place from from good but it's going back to what we said at the very beginning of this episode which is about ignorance um and even that when and no matter what form it comes in, if it's aggressive or even if it's, you know, so, somebody that doesn't even realise what they're doing. Yeah. It's just the hardest thing to... Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's a brilliant one. That's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought that was great. It's kind of similar to So You Want to Talk About Race. Um, yeah, no, both of those. Which, yeah, brilliant. I also like Natives by Akala. I think yeah. that's been my favourite one. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that was a really incredible eye-opening read yeah um i was sort of wanting to touch more on the others just because it's a bit more sort of personal to like a female experience you know like with cultural appropriation stuff but with the carla's book it sort of touches on like race and class and his experiences as a mixed race person growing up in london mm-hmm. um and even having a white mum and the kind of how it sort of they ended up having a bit of divide in their relationship as well um i found it 
incredibly interesting and he's he's a great speaker as well so yeah i'd, I'd recommend that another thing i'd say it's the last thing um the receipts podcast is a really good podcast to listen to because they touch on these kind of things and i absolutely love listening to them and there's also kelechi she's the funniest and she really dives into all this about race and um when people write in and sort of say oh you know I thought this and now I'm a bit more enlightened she's just like yeah yeah but I think those two are are really eye-opening and good podcasts especially if you're um like a woman of color uh you can really really sort of just like resonate and understand where they're coming from like their experiences definitely oh black and British a forgotten history that's really good yeah. um also the tv program though so that might be a better thing to watch because the author also presents that well, like that's a bit of a lighter watch than actually reading it because it can be quite heavy i don't know about you but i feel like when it comes to race in this country i really feel like we're we're at like a vertical uphill battle like it does oh absolutely because it's so there's so many microaggressions it's so swept under the carpet but it's there and it's there in our school systems and our criminal justice systems i mean like i worked in criminal law and it's just obvious that people of whether you're black or Asian, you're going to get a longer sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more likely to stop and search you. Um, and I personally think that all races will take as many drugs and sell as many things, but someone who's white is not going to get stopped on the street like someone black or Asian is. And that's how I personally. Um, and it is because it's that institutionalized inherent racism that people don't even realize. I feel like I could literally, we could start a whole episode about... Yeah, I feel like we could literally go on hours. I think cultural appropriation is something that you see it, you see it every day. And that's, that's the racism that, that most people of colour actually have to endure. You know, it's not yeah. the racial abuse. Yeah, yeah, like we said before, hopefully it'll be something that stops or, you know, dies down. But it's just... When something is so active and there's no filter and people don't really know that it's unacceptable, then it's hard to really push for it to be stopped. (laughs) What would you like to see in the wider context of whether on a political level, a cultural level, what would you love to see to help help? to help move forward and talk about racial inequalities? I think there just needs to be actual action from the top because there's all these institutionalized racism and then we're like, oh, it's systematic. Oh, it's whatever. Well, that's where you need to hit it at. It needs to come from the top. It's like, for example, like with racism in football, you know, you can't just tell all these fans to stop being racist. You can't just tell an old white man to stop throwing away the CBs of someone that says like, Ali or Mohammed or you know Shanice or something like that like it needs to start from the top and that's where the government need to intervene and that's why they need to start educating people like I just don't see any other way around it other than doing that because things like the you know having racial prejudice and bias and stuff that comes with I guess people's experiences like you know conversations at home um and things like that like you know you might grow up and live in like a really Asian area and kind of think oh god it smells like this oh it's like this like all the Indians like own all the corner shops and whatever but if you kind of know about the history and you've known about what's gone on um from a young age because when you're young you don't see like I don't know you shouldn't say you don't see color but but people kids genuinely don't see color as like a barrier or something that they should discriminate against um and I think that that's really important like that just needs to carry on and the only way you're going to do that is if you educate people so it's really important that the government 
implement a new kind of system because otherwise this isn't going to stop and it needs to start from the top for it to trickle down into all aspects and areas of our lives i think that was a really great point to end on right there (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming on board um abby and really would love to to get you back on again to talk about some of the topics that we only really there's so many things race is my favorite topic and i feel like we really went off topic today so it would be great to come back and just talk about everything again (laughs) definitely um thank you so much abby no worries thanks for listening and to keep up to date on future guests follow us on instagram at race talk podcast most importantly don't forget to subscribe tell us what you think by leaving a comment until next time Thank you.